Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Friend Code. I'm your host, Michael Damiani. On this episode, I'm joined by Matthew Simmons of Yo Video Games. How's it going, dude? Hey, guys. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Uh, it's going all right. Uh, kind of just getting into that holiday uh, rush. Actually, I feel it's very weird this year where I feel like most of the big stuff kind of has hit or either just just come out or like October was like a big month. Oh, you're talking about Especially. games. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, thought for like, games, yeah. I thought you were like literally about like the whole meme of like no, Halloween no. just ended, Christmas is here, Mariah Carey, everyone, Carey. all I want yeah, for Christmas, Paul, let's Paul go. Paul McCartney's simply having a one. Um, <laughs> I know. I, I, was, I was trying to keep it in the realm of, of, of video yeah, games. Yeah. So it does feel to me like the big major games, except for like Halo Infinite, like most of them came early this year. But maybe that's just more of a Nintendo side thing. But hey, we're on a Nintendo uh, focused podcast, so <laughs> yeah, I, guess it's fine. I mean, we're just on the. You guys were playing a, a Mario Party, uh, a new Mario Party had just yeah. released. Saw you guys yeah. were streaming it. Uh, the guys at Easy Allies streamed it this week as well for their group stream. So I mean, now as you said, we we pretty much got like the Pokemon Diamond Pearl. Yeah, uh, like. Enhanced and, versions, and, and yeah, and the only other thing is this, is that cool Game and Watch, which I yeah. don't know why I've been so excited for that all year long. Ever since they announced it, I was like, "Yeah, I want this." I don't even know why. I don't even know why because it's like it's it's cool, but I don't know if Man. I don't know if a lot of people would be super excited for it like I'm excited. I don't. It's 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 because of Link's Awakening. Yeah, like and getting to play it on the handheld again, like it's kind of like you know a yeah. portable device. I'm very interested in like the little bo- all the bonus features they have, and yeah, that's coming out pretty shortly too. But yeah, uh, November rush of games starting starting to feel it. Uh, funny, I was trying to I was trying to uh, Tales of Luminaria, the, the mobile Tales game. Yeah, yeah, the Is there a new game. one to replace whatever Cresteria, whatever that one they shut down, whatever the heck the other one was, and uh, like yeah. the touch controls, I can't stand the touch controls. <laughs> it's like nah. I, not, I you know what me. I'm I'm as as some people have have called me like I'm, I'm a boomer gamer so for me i've just never been able to adapt to to touch controls and it's funny because like you know you and i both went through the the wii era of, of waggle fest so we went through yeah, the era where everything was motion control this motion control that and ds you know we, we dealt yeah. with it and we didn't really like i wouldn't say we loved it or anything but like we dealt with it but but like yeah it was kind of because like we were how, forced we had no other yeah. option if we were a mobile Nintendo fans. Was, mobile was just like this bridge too far for 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 me and for some others, where it's just like touch screen only. Kind of just, no. <laughs> yeah, like uh, like the stylus stuff at least on DS helped and stuff like that. But yeah, I think it's I'm just getting to the point where most mobile games just aren't for me, and it's that's fine. You know, there's games for everybody. Um, yeah. You beat Tales of Arise though. Right? Like you yeah, yeah, like they got yeah, I got Tales of Arise this year, so it's like you know what, I'm I'm cool. This was just like a mobile game, a new Tales game. It's it's kind of generic, you know. So it's like okay, yeah. whatever. It's not like this excellent uh, like Tales of Arise style game that uh, that's high budget and you know is a little bit more appealing to me. The next one's gonna of course be it got delayed a week too. Uh, the first Soldier it was supposed to be November 10th, but now oh. it's coming out November 17th, and I'm like, oh man, oh, Square yeah. what are you doing, Square Enix? So it's like yeah. no. Uh, but that, I, I, I keep deluding myself because that's also a touch control game too. So I'm like, damn it! Yeah, like it's this competitive like game, and well, I'm I like, think, good luck. You know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if how many of the viewers might be wondering like, why are they doing a sort of because it's BR style, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're like, why are they doing that on mobile only? I don't get it. Like, I know mobile. Here's the thing: uh, right before the apocalypse hit, 
uh, I actually took a trip to Japan. I was amazed at the number of people not not playing mobile games, but how many people were playing BR games like yeah. PUBG. I saw like I saw uh, you know middle aged business women just on the train, and they're like, and I'm a good foot taller than everyone there so it was kind of impossible for me not to just kind of you know notice the screen yeah. like so i was like oh my i'm like just kind of like look over I'm like oh my god they're playing PUBG, and like i saw it more than once you know or, or or other other um br titles on like with mobile versions like fortnite and whatever i'm like wow like and, and like i said all ages middle-aged business women you know kids whatever like they're playing br mobile games so i'm like oh square knew what they were doing with with this release yeah like, like it's, it's definitely gonna it's have going, an audience it's, it's yeah. very very much like appealing i think to the the home audience in japan for, for sure that. So that, that that's a very calculated it doesn't make a lot of sense necessarily to the west because like yes we love brs out here in the west of course but like mobile versions is kind of like that's something like mostly mainly you know the much younger set will play the mobile versions like generally speaking like people you know that are like of adult age you know working age like we, we prefer to play it on like a big fancy tv you know um, i think yeah i think with this they're just trying to like broaden the the, the audience and stuff they're, they're, they're not necessarily while well, there's going to be crossover they're just shooting for as, as you said people may not be as familiar with or not as comfortable with traditional style of games like they don't want a console they don't even want like a switch they have their mobile device their phone and yeah. they just want to play games on there and so that's what i was saying earlier like that that's fine like these end up like me not liking them like there are plenty of other games. I think uh, with I, I, I hope with that Final Fantasy game, like it'll come to the Switch, it'll come that, to consoles. Exactly, like. that's the specific one. I really would like to try and get into that in some form. And if it's just the touch controls or what are causing me to bounce off, it's like please at some point just give like a Switch version or just a Steam. I don't care. Put it on Steam. Like I don't care. Mm-hmm, I just want to mm-hmm. try playing it with the traditional control interface that I'm used to, and maybe I like it that way. So we'll, we'll have to see, but. Yeah, a lot of lot of rush of uh, the new games and stuff. We're also just fresh off of the official launch of Nintendo Switch Online's expansion pack service with those Nintendo 64 games, the Sega Genesis games. We just had the Animal Crossing DLC 2.0. They actually pushed that a little early. The actual paid DLC just dropped as well. So it's in full yeah. swing right now. And... Uh, well, I'm seeing people enjoy the Animal Crossing stuff. There was a little bit of an uproar initially about the other part of the, 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 the package, specifically the Nintendo 64 emulation. And while yeah. it might have been blown out of proportion initially, the, now that the dust has kind of settled, there there has been some you know, concerns raised about I, you know, some of the like, games. I think, I think being generous, it's mixed. <laughs> the feelings of the expansion pass are mixed, probably at best. Um how much have you had time to del- to you know delve dive whatever into it? So I played through I, I played through Super Mario. I did a uh, seventy stars in Super Mario sixty four. Um, I'm at the Forest Temple in Ocarina of Time. I've been playing that really slow. Like I'm actually like just trying to do everything in the game because I want to see everything again. Because I'm like I want to see if they any other it, like because that's the game being brought up the most is having some visual uh, issues with the emulation. The the one that's most problematic. Uh, I tried playing Star Fox, but that was before we got our, uh, the N64 controllers delivered. It was virtually unplayable for me on a traditional Switch. Uh, uh, Joy Cons, oh, really? like because you can't re. That's the thing. My biggest thing is you can't remap anything. That that that's yeah. my biggest gripe when it comes to controls. Like the the input stuff is and like it's there maybe a little bit on a few of the games, but 
it's the remapping. If you do not have that N64 controller, uh, it's like this is so this this is not a great way to play some of these games it's at all. So weird to me that they don't offer that because the Wii U Virtual Console actually did have full button remapping abilities. Yeah, I like that. So you hit the, it's, like it's hit so the gamepad weird. and it came up. Yeah. Yeah, it's so weird to me that they don't have that now they, they technically do if you do a workaround where like the system level you, know, yeah. you do the full system level remapping which strangely enough that's actually offered on um also offered on ps5 i probably on xbox as well like it's like this weird actual feature that a lot of these newer consoles have that most people don't even realize or, or think about too much but yeah you can do full system-wide button remapping on the switch and 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 other systems but yeah, it's it's actually super bizarre. And then I, I, for fun, I, uh, uh, I I took the the N sixty four controller and I basically I tried playing Genesis with it. <laughs> and, and Genesis is mostly fine. It's it's the C button that gets a little weird. Um, and I noticed that like it weirdly enough, it doesn't actually try to map out a lot of buttons. Like even on like say like the the main system menu, like the C buttons are just a, another D pad. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, you know, there's no there's no X and Y, like or there's no X. Like, there actually is no system-wide uh, button replacement for the X button on, on the regular Switch on this, if you're trying to use it on, like, the system OS. At least not that I could find, which I thought was super weird and interesting. Um, and then, like, yeah, like, uh, like, rewinding on the Genesis, you have to, like, use the Z trigger and then, like, hold... This tiny little button up here oh, for God, the, the uh, home button they this, put on there. This, yeah. Well, yeah. The, well, there's the ZR button. Oh, and the, yeah. Yeah. So there's this tiny, tiny little ZR button next to the uh, the USB C connector, um, which is what you use basically to like pause the emulation on N64 games. That's how you bring up the, you know, the 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 load load a, a save state. Yeah. You know, all that stuff, but. That's the thing. That's one thing I was kind of bummed out about. Like, it's cool that you're trying to play Genesis, uh, like seeing how the controllers work yeah, with different like, systems like, like that. Home, home style or whatever. The N64 thing, I kind of knew it was coming, but I'm still disappointed that there's no rewind functionality on N64 games. Like, it's just such an impulse, fun thing to do. And, I mean, yeah. I'm glad Genesis has it. So it's like, hey, like, I was not someone who grew up with Genesis games. I'm Ooh. not as familiar or good with them. So I'm definitely going to be taking advantage of that in a lot of games. But for N64, it's like, I want to do some stuff and like save in, the save state thing is nice but like it's still it's one extra step and two it's sometimes it's easy to accidentally overwrite uh yeah i think back especially on like proper emulators like the quick load and stuff like oops i quick saved over that one my bad mm, for sure I, I, and i wonder i don't know because i'm not i like you know obviously i'm a little up to date not up to date i'm a little aware of the emulation scene mostly for uh, Breath of the Wild on Simu, um, because I mean that's a whole topic of discussion. But like, um, you know, I, I I have a legit you know copy of of the Wii U version of Breath of the Wild, and the Simu emulator is, they've done some incredible work uh, emulation wise. And I'm just you know I wonder what it is about the N64 emulation that that doesn't allow it to be you know have the rewind feature. And I don't know if it's a computational thing. I don't know if it's a hardware issue. I don't know if it's an emulator it's issue. It's probably just janky because uh, I could give you – I think it might be somewhat similar. But, like, when I played The Phantom Pain on PC, 
I used, uh, I had already finished it. I used a trainer to do, like, teleport your character to any spot, like, in, like, fast traveling. And it was glitchy as heck mm. because of, like, you know, it's an open world game. So, like, trying to, fa like, bypass even the fast travel the game has itself. It's, like, you're instantly traveling this spot. Like, you'd be, like, floating in midair for a second. So, I wonder with N64, even as low tech as it is nowadays... There's just too much chance of like a glitch happening, and it actually is harder to do. Or if it is something that is doable, it's just it's a lot of work, and uh, maybe Nintendo's like, we, we can't do that. Or because uh, yeah, I'm not as familiar with the current uh, slew of N64 emulators out there. If any of them actually offer rewind functionality, yeah, so I'm not familiar question. with that. But if it does exist, then there's no excuse that Nintendo could just like contact like they would never do this but they could reach out to those emulator creators and be like hey we want to contract you we'd like you to come in here and you were talking to me the other day about like why nintendo is just like kind of strange how they don't do this when other companies do do stuff yeah. like that where they reach out to people who clearly demonstrate a better expertise of their of their older technology and and their older coding than the their current staff yeah there's a there's there's some really cool stories out there about like other things where um people from other for for other games other franchises like might have done something that was like super neat and cool and they actually ended up getting hired you know by said company uh, a, a big one is is of course um, how Sega has been very 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 cool with the homebrew community on their stuff um, the, and the big Cinderella story being of, of Christian Whitehead who. It wasn't more than emulation. It was actually that he sort of built his own 2D engine for Sonic CD, um, and and then and Sonic Two, and then it, Sega was so impressed that they were like, "Oh, you know, why don't we bring you on? Because you've you've you know your your little homebrew engine you've created and and basically ported and remastered these games. These are really good. Why don't you do that?" And they ended up making mobile versions of them. I think you can get them on Steam now. And the big hope is that they're coming. There's a Sonic classic collection there's, every five minutes there's a sonic collection uh but there's a sonic classic collection they announced at e3 this year kind of forgotten um and supposedly i don't know if it's been confirmed but supposedly it's going to have those christian whitehead versions of sonic 2 sonic cd and possibly the unreleased version of sonic 3 and knuckles that he did but oh, it never nice. got released i watched an interview with him where he said well how come you don't do how come this didn't happen how come that didn't happen he said honestly every single year he said like there was someone new i had to talk to like the contact at sega <laughs> I, I i had like a year later didn't They're work there gone. and i had yeah. to basically like restart <laughs> my over. whole relation working oh, relationship man. with sega year after year and i'm like boy oh, does man. that sound familiar yeah that that, <laughs> that, that yeah <laughs> it, it, yep that that kind of and here's the thing like that that statement is so man if you work in media and pr like it's so true when you think about it oh, like, I mean, oh eh. hell yes like there's so, so much turnover in in the in the PR uh, department of of video of, for video games and stuff that it's like I don't think people realize how insane it is. Um, it, it is like year to year. You're almost practically building relationships brand new every single year. Which I know that probably segues a little bit into a, a topic that recently came up uh, about Nintendo actually closing one of their PR offices. 
Yeah, uh, that was the that was the, so the other news was that they uh, Nintendo shuttered their uh, Redwood Shores and their Toronto offices. I think um, a lot of people missed and, and that cons- the Toronto part, like yeah, uh, and they consolidated into their Vancouver and Redmond, uh, Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, offices now it was originally kind of like the initial reports people jumped to the conclusion that was like layoffs because um oh what's his face resigned the former who who had doug Bowser's uh, position. svp and he went to kfc yeah he went to kfc so people thought there was something wrong there but um the easy allies podcast uh which is now out for patrons um Daniel Boworth uh, made a statement, I believe, because I think he has, you know, some, some he has heard some things and uh, he was told that like and it's coming out more now that like people were offered the option to relocate. It wasn't like everyone was told you're getting laid off. It sounded like it was more a thing about them trying to bring staff into these 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 two like headquarter locations. And we still don't know the reasoning for why they shut down these other locations. Yeah, the wiser, you but you know, what's funny. My yeah. first thought out of my brain when I read the highlight, I was like, wonder if they just don't, I'm wondering if they're just tired of paying San Francisco prices. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it, like, we like could it might ar- just be as simple as that. So, yeah. Here's the thing. Like, we know that the, the which is also like the we just had the Q and A. That's uh, sorry, not the Q. The investor uh, a briefing update for Nintendo's financials. Um, they they talked about how like they have like a ton of money on hand, and you're like you think, well, they have the money to afford this. What are they doing? It's like you, you don't know. you don't do well. You don't like pe- businesses don't do well. Or become rich. Rich people don't become rich by burning through money they don't need to burn through. And they right. probably took a hard look at the, the 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 costs. I mean, this this is speculation, but it seems to be a, po- a plausible explanation is that Toronto and San Francisco are two very expensive cities to do business yeah. in, and if, they're just it, like, yeah. "What's we already have other offices? Just close I mean, them and bring the staff here." For people not in the know, like Seattle's not cheap, but that's true. But San Francisco yeah. is like another planet. Of expense, yeah. New York for, and San Francisco are like on a different level of like, yeah, like how, how, the, like, it, like rental costs for both, you know, like truly, truly, and truly, or, like is unbelievably expensive to do anything in San Francisco. Um, I believe, I believe, a hundred thousand dollars a year is considered low income. Like to put in perspective, like if you like as a, if you as a human you live in San Francisco, if you're making a hundred thousand a year, you're on the low income end of things yeah so. it, it, it's it's insane and and then you'd be like well why not relocate to like maybe socal because nintendo already has the agency they work with called uh they're now just called golan they used to be called golan harris it's just golan now um they're uh, a contracted uh pr agency that does a lot of the communications and marketing uh work with nintendo they're already based in los angeles so they yeah. already have that down there it's not their office it's golan's like one of their offices or headquarters yeah, and, and i i think yeah so what makes like sense the, for like them the to come head, down here the, there's like the head lady or the head manager for for nintendo golan like on the golan harris side she is like the only person i've ever seen year to year because i've been going to e3 since 2001 and but I wasn't really doing uh, necessarily media all those years. Like half the years would be media. In in half of those years, which is like well would be twenty, but e- <laughs> we didn't have E three twice now. But anyways, um, half of the time I went to E three as media, um, there was like one person from Nintendo Golan Harris who was like the head manager side. It was the only person who was ever 
there consistently year to year. There have been a couple people, like, there were a couple people who are still at Nintendo, but it's like they've been promoted up and out of dealing with, like, media unless it's unless it's like like they got promoted like they do the celebrity endorsement side of things the turnover Um, like i think this is pretty well known i mean we've even spoke about it too like we have contact i think it's almost yearly we go through a new contact at goal yep for for us at easy allies game trailers same way it it just this is high turnover the it's funny because we see a lot of those faces the the people who are helping us end up at other at other jobs and it's like Mm -hmm. oh like they do move on to to do other gigs and stuff but it's like for some reason so going back to like about the with the sega thing the story you're telling like this is why it's not uncommon it's like in this industry does seem like you know People do move on within the marketing, communications, PR <laughs> divisions of the of the gaming side of things. It's just not a very most part long term career path. Where I mean, people stay within that field, but at a single company, they seem to like move on after yeah. a few years. It doesn't. They don't stay for too long. Yeah. So yeah, with them shuttering their offices, it's it's it is very weird. Um, you know that, that they need to do it, but I'm like, but it is very 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 expensive to be in San Francisco. I think it's a little. I think the only thing that's a little questionable to me is the timing of this. Like, I don't know why yeah. they didn't wait, wait till the end of fiscal year on March thirty first. Like, why do you, why'd you do it in October? Why not do it after the holidays? But, uh, yeah. You might laugh at this. Uh, um, uh, sorry, just saw like something a message about something. I guess there's some kind of in-person event in san francisco i just like read a headline for it and i'm like this soon and they're allowing it and i was like i was like Wait, uh, Nintendo? Mu- no 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 for, for something a different industry and i was like oh, okay i was like ah that's kind of like funny it just like popped up on like my twitter like thing real quick i was searching for nintendo news and something else came up but anyway yeah like we could honestly we could speculate we just wanted to bring this up because we know it was a headline this past week um involved nintendo initially there were initially people thought this might be like nintendo pulling an activision move here where record-setting sales were laying off people and that does not seem to be the case even though we don't know the reason even though the timing of it might be like not the best time before the holidays it still doesn't seem like it was you know as negative or as bad as those uh, it was going to originally being reported as so well uh you know it, to me it's just it's just odd yeah it's like it, to me it's just it's it's a it's just just odd. wait till the end of their because their their financials end in april like march 31st it's like yeah. you'd expect this maybe like april 1st oh in april we will be relocating yeah. all of our staff yeah, it's like structuring yeah. the next it is happening maybe. after the quarterly thing so i guess it's not uh, while it's not like the end of the thing it is at the end of a certain period so maybe that's mm-hmm. why they wanted to do it i don't know well, we may never know the reason but any th- th- this is what this story was about um however i, w- I do want to ask you something getting back to the nintendo switch online stuff because i know we jumped into the 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 restructuring thing here so I'll, i think the same thing kind of analogous here is that like initially it seemed like it was blown a little bit out of proportion about how bad the emulation was like how bad the n64 games are mm-hmm. on the switch service where some of them actually are pretty good. Like, people are saying Star Fox 64's emulation is actually really, really solid um, for, for the Nintendo Switch Online. It seems to be Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time, which is funny that the two flagship titles probably yes. on there yes, are absolutely. the ones suffering from the most, um, you know, problems, especially Ocarina. Yeah, my experience has been Ocarina's bad. Um, there's, there's, there's weird, like, it's, it's bright. Like just sort of like there's a lot of flat lighting where it, there used to be like more atmospheric, especially in the Forest Temple where like things are just 
sort oh, of I like just got there, so I'm about to see this then. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, like there, there's, there's, there's a straight up like I was like having, I was even doubting myself because I was streaming it and I was like, the last post sister when you fight Meg, the purple one at the very end. I remember the whole center room gets like super dark, except oh, yeah. for Meg when she's crying. Doesn't happen. Oh no! On on on, on the uh, Switch Online version, Uh-oh. like it just stays flat lighting in that room the whole time. And I'm like, am I going crazy or was didn't wasn't it like dark? Like it gets like pitch black all around when you go up to the the fourth ghost, and then it you know tries to trick you, thinking you think it's crying, and then it like it you know copies itself and makes a big ring around you i mean uh, uh, the copying in the ring thing i remember i thought there was something with like dimming the lights or something yeah but, I mean, it gets like super dark you know in that center i i, I, I thought i was going crazy being but everyone's like yeah right i totally remember you, that though, but no it's like it just it's kind of like the ed yeah well the one we definitely know because it's the one being passed around the most is the 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 battle with the link shadow dark link in the water temple I haven't um, gotten there yet to confirm that, but yeah, I want to see it with my own eyes because in the original one, it was such an atmospheric vibe with the this yeah. mist and like the, well, the, the, like I, the what what I don't get is that I don't know how Nintendo's okay with that because back in 1998, someone worked very hard to make that that effect because there's no water like that in the rest of the game but to have this effect of you being in that room like you said with the misty but to have the reflective surface the surface yes and then that. when you cross the center tree if you pay attention your your reflection disappears it appears yeah and then you go back and you're like what happened to my reflection and your reflection came to life like someone worked really hard on that effect in 1998 or such a seven, good when it was sequence made. like the first uh, first time so you if do they it. just yeah. Yeah, if they just like if it's just completely gone, like well, it's like the water me, has some weird texture now, and there's like no mist anymore. It's like yeah. a normal looking room. Yeah, there's a lot of that in the game. We're just like, look, the N sixty four was famous for fog because of hardware <laughs> yep. limitations, but but Ocarina of Time actually had purposeful, intentional fog and lighting effects on some of its areas, and that for the most part is gone in the Nintendo Switch Online version. So, yeah. it is absolutely noticeable in the Kokiri Forest. Like, you know, if you someone point out, like, first thing you do in the game, when you step on your balcony, just, like, look at the Deku tree. Uh, there was definitely fog and stuff there. Now there's not. And you can just see just raw, flat polygons and textures just hovering in the air kind of thing. I noticed in, in, in Jabu Jabu's Belly, you could see a lot of polygon seams. Yeah, the walls, especially, I, 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 like I definitely the noticed that a lot. The... There's like the people point out. I guess it's because there's like some al- the alpha transparency is not done right in the game because there's like you see like the white edges on like even like fences yeah. in the Kokiri Forest. Like you see them more profoundly than you would yeah, in the OG hardware. Yeah, in Jabu Jabu's Belly, like there's a pulsating effect. Yeah. on the stuff but in this one you can literally see where the where the seams and the polygons yeah. are <sighs> which so... was just not there in in the n64 original I, I i'd have to really go back and dig up my well, Wii there, yeah it was like there are people the who version. are like way bigger experts who play these games non-stop they're like just chronicling all cataloging all of these variations and putting them mm-hmm. out there i guess the question now like we could harp on this but like this has been like over a week now people have been like harping on this the question is will nintendo do anything to like patch this and improve this and two Will do you have any concerns about going forward about other games, especially the games they've already confirmed are coming that they might have problems as well? Um, well, okay, it's weird because Sin and Punishment runs fine, and that's the weirdest one to me because that is a exceptionally taxing game on the N sixty four hardware. 
it's a late late in its life release you know it has full voice acting it has you know a high frame rate it's got a you know a metric ton of enemies that'll flood the screen sometimes and it's for the most part holding up just fine on the nintendo switch online so the whole dang thing is an enigma to me um and i wonder if it's just because of certain effects certain things done on on ocarina of time that are causing something because uh, I believe the YouTube channel MVG, they did a sort of deep dive where they were like, okay, so what's going on here? And, and, and they were specifically going back all the emulated versions of Ocarina, going all the way back to the bonus disc on, on GameCube uh, yeah. with Master Quest. And he was saying that that was a custom-built emulator from NST, Nintendo Software Technologies, and it was there was a particular individual, I think Steven something was his name, I, I, I don't remember offhand, but it was like custom-built. Like he made an emulator and then there was things in the emulator that were custom done to for specifically for Ocarina of Time on the GameCube. And um, that that emulator that NST made for the GameCube for Ocarina of Time specifically was also the basis of the one that was used on the Wii Virtual Console. But here's the funny thing about the Wii Virtual Console. The 21 games were released for it over the, the, the lifespan of the Wii. But each individual game was tailor-coded or, or tailor-made in the emulator to, to run that specific, basically, ROM of the game. So that's why the, the games on the N64 Virtual Console seem to like run really well as far as emulation goes because it was a, you know, a custom-made emulator and each game was specifically worked on for each one of those games. Now, when they got to the Wii U, it kind of went in, to basically put it in like a layman's term, it kind of went like to a, a retro arc, like a core plug-in, basically. Like, they had an overall emulator, and then there was just like a generic N64 uh, core plug, and they just threw the ROMs on it, and that's why... And I noticed this, too. Like, the audio was really off yeah. on, on the Wii U, Wii U Ocarina, Ocarina of Time, because there was no, there was no tailoring... The, the the emulate the emulator itself to specifically run the ROM of Ocarina correctly. It was just like here's this this emulator plugin core, and we just kind of like threw every N sixty we just threw the N sixty four games on it, and there was no like n- no special treatment. And I think that's probably what's going on with the with the Nintendo Switch Online here is that they have a whatever whoever made this this emulator for N sixty four, and there's been no customizing or tailor tailor tinkering for the the game roms individually they just kind of like here's an emulator you know we'll just dump the rom on it run it and then yeah. it just, it just kind of goes how it goes and and that's why i think you're seeing so many people upset is because the the price the price increase to have access to these games while yeah and especially because if you're not into the animal crossing stuff and if if you're not in genesis like you people they're fans who just want a way to play in 64 games have been waiting for this and then they get you know, the subpar effort, especially when they've seen better efforts in the past. And, and yeah, that's what I was asking about the future because like, I don't think any of these games are, or, or any of them expansion pack games yet on there. Was said in punishment one or not? No, it because isn't. like when it we get strange, like Majora's but... mask, because even Majora's mask was even infamous back on its original game, uh, the GameCube port. The first time it got ported. <laughs> yeah, there was pre- no, there was no, there was no tailor customizing for Majora's mask on that. So, collector's edition just kinda, that thing crashes like crazy i'm kind of worried about <laughs> majora's mask if we get maybe dk64 at some point if that ever becomes a possibility will that well 
Well, DK sixty four is a special case because it doesn't actually use the expansion pack for anything other yeah. than to not get into a not get into a soft lock. Uh, um, that's it. Like I, I don't know if you're aware of this story, but like I think you've told me this before. Yeah, I forgot like, though. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Late uh, rares come out about like late, late in the development. They found a bug in DK sixty four that would soft lock, you know, the game. And they noticed, like, they didn't have... It was so late, they didn't have time to, like, reduce, you know, the the printing or whatever. But they also they, they found out that it's like a, it was a memory leak issue. And if you had the the, the 4 meg RAM in there, it would actually just kind of, like, buffer through the memory leak problem. So, <laughs> so the, game, the yeah. game became this expansion pack required game. And Nintendo said, like, oh, yeah, you need the, the 4 meg. It's got all this crazy lighting and stuff. And it's like, it actually didn't didn't even use it for anything which is why if you look at a game like banjo tooie which looks really 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 good for an n64 game it doesn't require the expansion pack expansion at all pack. Uh, um it's because the dk64 didn't actually use the expansion pack for anything other than to solve makes... uh you know a, a glitch a memory leak glitch a memory leak glitch and apparently nintendo was pretty salty about it because they're like, oh, it cost us this X amount of millions of dollars, and it's like, oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> yeah. well, let, let me ask you this. I got I got two final questions uh, to maybe kind of, like, wrap up this talk about the Switch Online, about the future, about what we could, like, where the state is, what they could do. The first one is actually a patron question. It comes from uh, Wee Dan T. Uh, While the expansion packs N64 library is overwhelmingly comprised of Nintendo first-party games, the inclusion, the inclusion of Winback leaves hope for the appearance of third-party N64 titles, too. What third-party N64 games would you like to see on the service? I personally hold fond memories of Shadows of the Empire, WrestleMania 2000, and NFL Blitz, but have little hope for any of these to show up. So they at least acknowledge that, like, you know, that's probably not happening. Love and respect. So looking to the future about what they could add to the service, is there a strong enough catalog of games that could be added to... To you know, help kind of like, you know, smooth over this situation. Assuming uh, they maybe address some of the the problems with the emulation. I'm glad this question was asked because I actually have this written down. I have a I have a notepad list. Uh, if if you'll indulge me, I'll just list off. Here's definites that could happen. Um, uh, <laughs> some of these are really bad. Charlie's Blast Territory. Uh, Side Bike 64. That's first party though. Uh, both Extreme G's. Flying Dragon, Harvest Moon 64, Hybrid ah, Heaven, Iggy's Wrecking Balls, heaven. Knife Edge, Load Runner 3D, um, Mischief Makers, Mrs. Pac-Man, Ogre Battle 64, um, yes. Ridge Racer 64 is possible, Road Rash 64 is possible, Robotron 64, um, Snowboard Kids 1 and 2, uh, Space Station Silicon Valley, yes. Star Soldier 64, Super Bowling, Tetrasphere, Tonic Trouble, Virtual Chess 64, uh, Witrix, um, those are all, I think, definite. They don't really have any licensing weird issues. Other possibilities are Arrow Fighters Assault, Arrow Gage, Aiden Chronicles, Armorines, all the Army Men games, Asteroid 64, both Bass Fishing games, Battle Tanks, remember those? <laughs> Big Mountain, Bio Freaks, Body Harvest. Um, Body Harvest, what I think is, is a really good one, I hope that could happen. Yeah, Body yeah. Harvest is one I personally really hope comes to as well. Um, that in Space the Station. Pr- the Valley. Proto Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. All three Bomberman games. Yeah, there were three oh, Bomberman games. I have to imagine those are coming. <laughs> uh, Buck Bumble. Uh, the bus no, moves. Buck Bumble can die. What are you? What about? What are, now <laughs> it's got, it's I love the theme song. The it was a meme for a long Bumble. time. I bought. I have that game it's right Argonaut. over there. It's, it's not good. It's not good. It's not, it's that not bad. good. It's a bad game. <laughs> 
Okay, add it to the service. Add it to the service so everyone can A, hear that amazing song, but B, then experience the game for themselves. There you go. Yeah. The two two Castlevanias, two Chameleon Twist, Chopper Attack, Command and Conquer. <laughs> Good luck on that with VA. The cruising games, I think, are possible, but if he, you know, with licensing, Dark Rift, Destruction Derby, Dual Heroes, both fighters, Destinies, Fighting Force 64, Forsaken 64, Deadly Arts, Gone the Legends. That'd be a good one, I think. Gone the Legends would be fantastic. Uh, both Gex games. Yeah, someone's excited. Oh, yeah, Gex. Uh, <laughs> Glover. The two Goemon games, which I really do hope happens. Yes, please. Mystical um, Ninja, please. Hydro Thunder, uh, Maze the Dark Age, Mega Man 64 could happen, uh, Milo's <laughs> Astro Lanes, the Mortal Kombat's. I'm iffy on if they're going to add M-rated titles. I think Nintendo want, is probably shying away from even putting M-rated titles on the system. I don't know. I hope I hope not, because I really want Perfect Dark. Um, yeah, yeah, Perfect new Dark. Tetris, yeah, yeah, Nightmare Creatures, Nuclear Strike, Paperboy 64, creatures. Penny Racers. Um, I hope Pokemon Puzzle League shows up, but they already have Panel Dupont. Uh, Quest 64, your favorite. Rainbow Six, which I really does hope show up. It's this is in the possibility category, not okay. Not, yeah. not definite. I was gonna say um, that one because eh. that had co-op and it was one of the first big co-op first-person shooters and it was fantastic. Uh, the Rampage games, Revolt, Rat Attack, Resident Evil Two would be dope if it did oh, show up. That yeah, that one I think would be yeah. Is there, yeah, yeah, that would be a good Rocket surprise. Robot on Wheels, Sucker Punch's first game. Uh, the three San Francisco Rush games, Scar, Shadowgate, 64, Starshot, Stunt Racer, 64. Uh, da, 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 da. Smash Bros. is an interesting one. I don't know if it will, but I think it'd be cool if it did. I really would like the Vigilante 8s to show up, but I don't think I don't think so because yeah. of Activision. I think uh, War Gods, Worms, Armageddon, and World Driver Championship. Those are all maybes, I would yeah. say. The biggest thing um, with Smash Brothers would be the online. Because of like being to play with other people, because it, again, it mm-hmm. depends on other people's like connections. We've seen yeah. some of the, the videos of Mario Kart 64 being played, or even just like people in a room, like they lobby together, and then they're booting up Super Mario 64, even though it's not a multiplayer game. Even that, if someone has an unstable connection, it causes the like that to run like really slow for some, like you know, the latency kicks yeah. in, and it causes these like horrific nightmare sounding things. Um, and like it's basically unplayable for some people. I wonder if Nintendo's just gonna be like, uh, we want to avoid that with Smash, but Smash is like Super Smash Brothers is like seems like such a one that has to kind of be there. It's first party, and it's like it'd be such a huge omission if it's not there. <sighs> but they have Smash Ultimate, so yeah, yeah and they're and not. So it- they- I was going to say, they're not in the business. When it comes to Smash Brothers, it seems like they do have no interest in re-releasing the older entries. Like, they yeah. they, they, they want to go back to them. It's like, because everyone keeps arguing that Ultimate should become a game as a service or a live service. And it's like that should be the platform going forward. But, like, that's kind of like, Smash Brothers kind of, they, they, it seems like that's kind of like Sakurai's mentality. Is that, like, I don't want to go back to inferior things. I want to I want to stick with, like, this is the better version. This is, like, the version that I want people to be mm-hmm. playing. And... I, I like that could be a risk with Super Smash Brothers for N sixty four coming out. People are like, oh, can you go back to this? Or wow, this game is not as good. Like, what is this? This is bad. But like, it's I I still, despite all that, it'd be my, it still would be mind boggling to me to not put that on a retro service because they they still put like Mario sixty four. I guess it's not um there they there are other like Mario Kart's on there. If Mario Kart sixty four yeah. is on there, they have to put Smash Brothers. Like why would they let like uh, that's so weird to In, me. Unless Sakurai's got like a weird George Lucas mentality on it, you know. <laughs> Speaking of George Lucas, though, like yeah, there are there are four Star Wars games on the N sixty four. Oh yeah, uh, and I don't think they're gonna show. I don't, I don't think it's impossible, but I'm gonna say no. Um, 
just you because shadows, shadows are already yeah. episode one racer battle for naboo and rogue squadron one because those games um, already got like episode one race already got a re-release the, yeah that'll def probably definitely not show up since they're actually selling it i think yeah. on the switch already i think someone also similar thing because they said like the turok remasters because the company that owns it in turok now w yeah. would have no interest in putting out the og ones on yeah, there's four turoks the only one and they're selling one and two i believe on the eShop, like mm -hmm. remastered versions so it's like i don't think happen. those will happen um, Unfortunately, the, the the wrestling games are pretty yeah. much out of the question because the, the um, legally license. they yeah legally they can't they can't even show the logo for WWF yeah not um, allowed to legally do that. they're not allowed to do that so they would have to, you would have to go in and yeah change the textures all over and th that you know that that textures everywhere in those games like you just it's not gonna happen however there is a, there is a, a caveat um, yeah. In Japan, since the WWF didn't really have a foothold in Japan, the the wrestling games, I believe it was Revenge, WCW vs. NWO Revenge, was released in Japan as Virtua Pro Wrestling 64. And they removed all the 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 WWF licensing from it. And and they had to remove all the all the actual, you know, named wrestlers, yeah. of course. So you had a lot of just sort of like generic, you know, whatever. But it is the game, so there is there is actually is this this sort of workaround where if they released Virtual Pro Wrestling sixty four, which I believe is based off WCW NWO Revenge, uh, they could release that in the American Virtual Con like for, or Nintendo Switch Online here, and it's like hey it, it, it's it is the game. Yeah. You're gonna be missing. You're gonna be missing those new wrestlers, I, but it is the game and it will be I online. I have a feeling, even though people like the game, I still think like especially north american audiences who are grew up on it will probably want like those names well of course they will but i'm just yeah, saying like yeah, yeah. if you are hoping to get that game in some form online there's still hope it's not out of the question there's there there is a workaround you just it won't be with with you know, the license i also think blitz is out of the question because of the license is completely out of the question yeah, like that's I, I, that's not happening i have this whole i won't go through the whole list but there's a whole list of what i call no ways and it's like all sports yeah. games no way i yeah. actually put all the rare games on there and then banjo kazooie showed up so i was like oh well maybe not now because yeah. I used to say like, okay, Diddy Kong's not happening, and people are like, well, why couldn't Diddy Kong happen? Because Banjo and Conker are racers in Diddy Kong Racing, um, and I was like, and, my, and there's no way like, that's going to happen. They can't just remove them. They did change them for the DS version, but that was a remake, you know, yeah. all the way up. I, but, yeah, I but think now it's possible. Now I, I it's think possible. I think you like, will. See, Microsoft I think... seems okay with it, so cool. Yeah, I think the uh, the, 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 the two question marks for that angle are uh, Ki Gold. If that yeah. would be possible, if they had allowed that mm -hmm. one to come out, um, and because of the recent think, story about Nintendo taking the effort to get it unbanned in Germany, Goldeneye, OG yeah. Goldeneye, or if that if people I want to read into that, that they're clearing the way for the remaster. <laughs> I still say it's impossible, just because you have to deal with uh, Eon and Broccoli, uh, the producers and you know owners of the Bond license, the family. You know Ian Fleming's family, like who have a iron grip on you know on that license. They're they're the ones who who put the kibosh. Well, there's there is a story. You know, um, you know, uh, I mean, Matt McMuscles did a whole thing on on I think the the cancel XBLA version remake of Goldeneye, and I've heard similar, but I've also heard there are other things that got in the way of that getting released, but. Either way, like the point is, is that the problem is I don't know who owns the Bond license because IO Interactive is making the next Bond game right now, 
and IO Interactive, I think, is independent right now. I don't think they're yeah, they're, they're independent. They're, yeah, I don't they, think yeah. I don't think Warner Brothers has them. I know Square Enix let them go, and I know Warner Brothers. I think published their yeah, last they just work, enter into but, publishing deals. They can enter right. into publishing deals, but they're, and, and, they're, they're but the like yeah. So too. I don't know how that works. Like, do they have? Does IO Interactive own the video game license to James Bond I think Bond it's entirely? just for this one project. Just like Marvel licenses, like multiple okay, studios yeah. have a license for certain Marvel properties, I Cause, think. Because that was also another issue yeah. before where it was like EA had it for many years and then Activision had it for many years. Yeah, because everyone blamed and, Activision for holding it back. Like, that's what people speculated. But then it was like, well, was it really Activision holding it back? It's like... Not not really yeah. what I heard. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. apparently it wasn't that. But, I mean, it, I would say it's not in possible though i say there's a chance at this point but like i think it's more likely nintendo and microsoft went to bat for getting that that xbla version like nintendo's like we want that for like hey we'll work with you to like work with whoever we need to to make this happen because why take all that effort to get it unbanned in germany if something wasn't coming out of like goldeneye um it'd be interesting if it's on both platforms It'd be yeah, interesting Microsoft, if Microsoft did release that. Like, here's an Xbox Live, you know, download. Here's it for PC, and here's it for Switch. Yeah, it just has the Xbox branding on it, like with, with Cuphead and and, and, and Minecraft. And when you get it on like the eShop, you buy it on the eShop. It's a standalone title, yeah. and it's like, oh, it's just Microsoft Studios and everything like that. And it has, I mean, it'll still have Rare in the credits and and all that, but it's like they get a cut of it. Obviously, it know? would be really interesting if if that was, but I don't think that would show up on Nintendo Switch Online. No, 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 no. That I, I, I don't. I don't think Goldeneye yeah, I, but I wouldn't say the OG version on Nintendo Switch Online service is is, is like zero percent chance. I would give it like above zero. It has some statistical possibility, but I, I, would, I would say, say it's like very 5%, unlikely. Five percent, five percent or less. Very unlikely. Um, I, I would say Perfect Dark is more likely. Oh yeah, I think Dark Perfect Dark is has, probably you know, happening. Out, but it is an M-rated game. And I, don't I think know Nintendo, Nintendo will allow that, that one. Because they have T-rated a, games on there, but yeah. they don't, I don't, to my knowledge, there's no M-rated games on any, we'll have any to see. of the systems so far. Well, but th- well, this is my second question, Simmons, because we're talking about all these like possible like N64 gamings co- coming mm-hmm. to the service, which could definitely help the N64 part. But that's, that's only one part of the whole expansion pack package. Uh, my my the second question comes comes from me. I'm curious is you know what else could they possibly offer? Uh, as part of the expansion pack to maybe entice people to to subscribe to it we know it's a big initiative because in the the financial briefing uh, for nintendo they have over 32 million paying subscribed nintendo switch online members and they want to keep investing in it so we know we get animal crossing dlc but like that can't be the only thing we get forever so like nintendo og nintendo switch online service got like tetris 99 and got other extra software pac-man 99 pac-man 99 we got the limited run of super mario 35 it's like what uh what if anything like that or do you have any other ideas simmons could be added to the expansion pack service yeah and i said this uh kind of like a like a few weeks ago um i think that Personally, this you know this is going to be a little bit of a personal dig, but like, I think the Genesis was kind of a a. I don't want to say waste of time, but it's a waste of time, um, putting the Genesis on there because there's a Genesis collection with even more games that you can buy on the Switch already, and every five minutes, Sega releases a Genesis collection. Now it does have the the, the added benefit of having online. That is true, um, but it it takes like minutes to get like say 
that stuff running in emulation on your PC. Like, if you really want to play online gameplay of Genesis games, oh my goodness, is that easy to do through emulators right now? I'm not saying, I'm not advocating for it, I'm just saying, like, it's not something that's hard to do if, if, if you have even the slightest inkling of, of doing it. And again, like, every five minutes they do a Genesis Club. I think what really could have sealed the deal would have been a Saturn collection yeah you because, did mention and the reason this, i say yeah. that is because there's there is a collection of games the two uh, two cotton games uh two cute ups and and one shoot em up um i forget what the other what the what the one was but there was three saturn games they recently released on basically all the consoles including the switch and through the homebrew scene on the switch they found out the games are not ports they're running an emulator like when you download and play cotton on the switch it actually loads an emulator for the Sega Saturn and then loads the ROM for Cotton. And so what they did is they took that that game and they're like they took the emulator that was in the game's code and then they just started dumping Saturn games into it and they were running. So, so yeah. Maybe with just a, t- well, a little bit more work now there was latency issues but it's like hey there's latency issues in Ocarina and Mario 64 that doesn't seem to bother Nintendo and much but yeah. For me I think the Saturn is such a a weird I call it the Atlantis of video game consoles because it, it was a huge flop in, in North America and Europe actually it was second place in Japan. Japan actually did not give one, you know, patootie about the N64 over there. It was a massive failure. Saturn was a comfortable second in Japan. Um, I don't know how many people know that, but anyways, um, it's, it, it, the, what that means though, is that as much of a flop as it was here, and as much as there were, like, you know, like, the ports on Saturn for a lot of, like, the multiplat games were kind of pretty bad on Saturn usually, there's a treasure trove of some of the absolute best of Sega and Capcom games that are locked on the Saturn. Now, mm-hmm. some of them have, have eventually come to, like, Xbox Live over the years, like Radiant Silvergun and Guardian Heroes, but if they had gone that route with it, and, and, like, taken, okay, here's Saturn. Here's a system that, you know, you've probably heard of. But no one with any, you know, nobody who's not, like, if, you've, if you're in the retro collecting scene, the Saturn has been skyrocketing for years. It yeah. is, like, Im- impossible <laughs> to get Saturn stuff. I have, like, I have, I have like half a dozen Saturn games, and they're worth, like, $1,000 plus <laughs> or more you know so it's just kind of like that's how insane the saturn collection market is for like pristine copies of new games but i call it the Atlantis because there is this this treasure trove this 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 huge array of amazing titles that never got off the system or or virgil or like some of the best versions of stuff that didn't really ever get off the system um and if that was part of this okay huge 50 dollars a year increase and you add it online to it like you've probably not played saturn bomberman but saturn bomberman is an outstanding multiplayer experience and it can support up to 10 people online um you've got tons and tons of great fighting games some of which have have come off the saturn like virtual fighter one remix and two but then you've got stuff like fighters megamix where you get to play as like the car from daytona and jane from virtual cop 2 uh, and, and you got Last Bronx, which is a weapons-based 3D fighter by Sega. Really good. Um, and then you've got these really good RPGs that don't exist anywhere else. Shining Force 3, one of my favorite of games of all time. If they could find a way... I mean, only one part was translated, but like 
that's really good. Panzer Dragoon Saga, which is worth like a thousand dollars on its own now. Like these you know, would be like these are worthwhile games. Yeah, this would dude. provide a lot of people who, especially people who are very into this scene, a more affordable means to experience them, perhaps legitimately, and if, especially if like the. The, the emulation quality, as you said, like they actually put a little bit more effort into it, was actually mm -hmm. l decent to good emulation. And if they could somehow work in online functionality, like they have for all their other like uh, catalogs, mm -hmm. this would be like a steal. Like the fifty dollar, like the thirty dollar increase might be a, worth it alone just for a yeah. Saturn catalog to some people. Just like some people are just paying that thirty dollars for N sixty four, but getting getting both of those. So like, yeah, you've, mm -hmm. you've talked about this before, and like I absolutely agree that like. Genesis is kind of like was like the low hanging fruit that's like okay we've all like this is too easy like everyone and it's not, and honestly it's too it's like kind of like worn out it's welcome kind of like NES game I actually think the NES library is like the same thing like hmm. Super Nintendo I still think is very strong and still get like I, I think it's still a really big draw but I actually think NES outside of like an NES classic thing like they did just releasing the NES library anymore I think is not that impressive or enticing to two people so something like a Saturn I, I'd even like we don't have to get into it but like Saturn Dreamcast for me Dreamcast, Dreamcast would be amazing and, and GameCube even GameCube games I would take like over mm -hmm. N64 I would take GameCube I would take GameCube games over N64 like uh, you could kick the you can ditch the N64 games like bring me some GameCube games I was like I, I, yeah. we don't have, we haven't had a GameCube service before please <laughs> the can only I get this? weird thing about Dreamcast is that that system is carried very hard by Capcom like it's 50 Sega 50 Capcom half of the, the amazing library on the Dreamcast is Capcom. So you have to you have to convince Capcom to like give away yeah. you know all these all these great games Let's, on yeah, the Yeah, we're assuming if they and can work out the licensing. And, yeah, yeah, and then there's Soul Calibur 1 with the one like really good Namco. There's Miss Pac-Man who cares whatever, but like but be, yeah, Soul be, Calibur, but and then <laughs> having like online for those would be amazing. So yeah, like Hold, adding But here's the thing, Here, here's the other thing too. I just want to add to that. It could just be on its own. If they took Fantasy Star Online Blue Burst, which is PSO 1, 2 and 4, which was a PC release in Japan. If they just put that, <laughs> like, if it was just that, like, hey, <laughs> we'll have N64 online and we're going to add in PS Fantasy Star Online Blue Burst. It, it, it only works if you have a the expansion pass. I, I would absolutely pay 50 bucks a year for... I would pay 50 bucks a year just for PS that, Blue Burst. That's a good to point. To have a, a thriving, constant online community for for that game so <laughs> this know? is a, this is a good thing because the, the only other thing i wanted to elaborate on for what they could add is not necessarily catalogs but what kind of like software could they put mm, on there yeah. because we were talking about catalogs but like i was also talking about like the like with tetris 99 pac-man 99 those are like services fantasy star online uh could be one of them we were yeah, talking the games are done you don't have to add anything to them you just have to like keep the servers up that would be and, and, and people fantastic. will show up and yeah. i will show up because i love fantasy star online original like stuff like that we were talking earlier about the possibility of like nintendo revisiting uh dormant franchises in some form because like we struggle to figure out if nintendo would ever want to develop one that's not like a full price game they seem to have so adverse to developing games that aren't full price anymore and maybe that's the what's holding back a new Star Fox or a new F Zero. But like, what if they made an F Zero online? We were talking about like earlier today, and where it's like yeah, it's just, just like it's race online races, online battle death races. It's like those yeah. two modes, and it's like yeah, up just, to like if you just took F Zero GX and just yeah. added like sixteen player online or whatever total. It's like yeah, it doesn't yeah, have to be a hundred racers or yeah. anything. Yeah. <laughs> oh oh, I oh would, yeah. Oh 
Oh, people will be there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, just, just give me that. Or like, you know, Star Fox thing where it's like, we will add new levels every like month or something. Like, we'll add a new level every month or it's like a new planet or something. And like, you just, and it's score based. So it's like online, like it's leaderboards or something. So everyone's like replaying the level, like, and they have limited time planets. Like there are ways to take their old, like their dormant, even like, you know what? We even talk about like Kid Icarus. We were talking about how it, maybe that could be Sakurai's next project because I'll be our final topic. We'll get into it in just a minute. Is Sakurai's remarks about Smash and what he might be doing? Yeah. But 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 if Kid Icarus wasn't gonna, like could, could come back, you know, it could be like something like this. Like a they can make that a battle royale for crying out loud. Like a, a Kid Icarus or Metroid Federation Force. I want to give another chance a Metroid battle royale. Like there's so many things they could do. <laughs> maybe Prime Hunters. Well, maybe. Hunters like Hunters taking Hunters <laughs> and, and putting it on there. I don't think there, anyone like, wants to look at Federation Force. I yeah, again. forget Federation Force. But I mean, I hope I'm not expecting any of this, but like I hope they do find one service game that is added that is part of the on um, expansion pack that was like yeah. this because the value it's all about value. And right now, to me, and I think it is you said to yourself, Genesis isn't enough right now, and like N64 is like peak that interest but i don't know how long it could hold it for people and they need they, yeah. i feel like they do need to add something else within a year or else they're gonna and it was really a shady lot of it's really shady how they only offer it for the year they don't that offer too the pricing plan man they um, they knew what they were doing and Simmons. They, <laughs> and they and they don't have any scheduled release for the n64 editions just here's some games that are going to come out later yeah we, won't, we don't have a planned release for any of them like the whole thing is shady so um yeah, I'm it, not because really... like Simmons, if it was like because like other similar things, uh, PlayStation Plus, and then uh, and then uh, like, well, let's just go with PlayStation Plus. Every month they give you like you know every month mm -hmm. you're getting games for free, or you, these yeah. games are added in this service. Nintendo can't even do that. They're like even if they're gonna take away stuff, they like they can't even do a schedule like that. Like hey, we're gonna give you two new N64 games this month, and these are what they are. And then maybe in six months they're going away, and like they'll like they don't even do something. They they don't give us like a schedule, as you said. Like it's so yeah. random, um, and out of the and, blue and when they, they do this, like, in, and, and they put you on the hook for a year. There's no month to month. Yeah, that's it. it's, just, it's a year. Like that, we, that, we don't we don't rough. want you to be. It almost feels like they knew. It feels like they knew that there was going to be issues with with this service, and we're like, well, we don't want people to quit after a month. We don't want people. We we know Ocarina isn't running super great, so you yeah. know we're we're not gonna let you just pay us five bucks or ten bucks for one month and then opt out. No, we want we want you to uh, you know we want you to be locked in for a whole year. Give us fifty dollars. It, it's it doesn't feel really great. Exactly. I, I think I, it's, again, it's... I, I think the smartest thing would be just take F Zero GX, get in contact with Sega. You know, have them, <laughs> yeah. have them just because they've said they want. They said they're they are totally down to oh, to, from to Sega. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said they're totally down to like have you know let them HDFI uh, F Zero GX throw it online, call it a day. That's the most sensible because it's it's a Nintendo IP and every you know that to me make the most sense. Uh, I you know I personally would like give me PSO, give me give me PSO Blue Burst. If even if not, like you could just do Episode One and Two, the GameCube game. You could just do that and, and just put that online. Like, just have that as, like, part of the online service. Because it's, it's mostly an online-only game. But it's just like, yeah, like, just even cut out the single-player option altogether, even if you wanted to, and just say, like, well, if you're subscribed to NSO Expansion, you get PSO. Episode 1 and 2, you, you basically have access to it as long as you're a subscriber. And I'm like, oh, there. It, yeah. It, so I, I, I think... It's funny. It's funny how all my solutions are, like, 
take this thing from Sega. And it's mostly just because they, they opened that door with Genesis when they said Sega Genesis is going to be part of our expansion. Then I'm like, okay, cool, but why Genesis? Like, every, you know, tomorrow they're going to announce another Genesis collection. I, you know, I almost guarantee yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it does invite that question. So, yeah, we, we'll see. We'll see if Nintendo has anything in store for adding value to the service down the line. But, uh, you know, as it is right now, it's a little bit bumpy, a little bit, you know, people are right to question the, the strategy they're going for there. But we did mention, um, when we were talking about, like, possibilities being added, we brought up Kid Icarus, we did mention Sakurai, Masahiro Sakurai. Um, fresh off finishing up the, the now content-complete Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, um, was quoted as saying... Um, couldn't really see how the Smash Brothers series would continue without his involvement. And so, naturally, that sent up a lot of discourse in the Nintendo I'm community. I'm glad he's being really <laughs> humble about it. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> because, naturally, when the final DLC was announced, that it was the date it was dated that uh, we're going to get an announcement, people were like, well, what's going to be next for Smash? We got some patron questions here because the, the one of those involved, like, a future without Sakurai. Sakurai seems insistent on that might not be the case, but you know what? They can't stop us from, you know... But speculating and theorizing about what's going to happen. So this first one comes on Keaton Simmons. Based, so now that this quote is out there, while it's hard to see somebody else besides Sakurai ever in charge of Smash, I also find it hard to believe the series couldn't come back in some form in the future, whether he decides to work on it or not. Is there anyone currently with Nintendo you think would be a good replacement to direct the series? Do you think any of their in-house teams could do a good job on a new Smash game? Or are there any other developers who you would want Nintendo to work with similar to how they worked with Bandai Namco? Uh, It is a great question. Um, As far as like individual goes, no one at Nintendo EPD... As they're called now, not EAD. I'm so used to saying EAD. Um, I know, same here, right? <laughs> nobody SPD, at Nintendo, yeah, nobody at Nintendo proper really has any fighting game background, even for a platform brawler-based fighter like Smash. Nobody really in it as individuals. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah. No, I understand. You know, when, so when direct you and about, helm the project. Yeah, right. So like when you're talking about like you know your your produ- what are now producers like Miyamoto, Anuma, uh, Koizumi. Uh, Tezuka, like all that, like those are like the big ones, and then you know Sakamoto, and there's other people like um, I forget the names of the people who kind of basically run Mario Kart and Animal like, Crossing. Yeah, like the Splatoon team. It's like they, they, they definitely have multiplayer experience, but like when it comes would, to fighting games, not necessarily. Yeah, if if anyone was going to to attempt it, I would probably say uh, the Splatoon team. If you want to talk about internal, I'm like, if they, maybe like if it was up to be me, on Splatoon like, in their projects, right? Well, though, yeah. well, here's the thing. I'm I'm just thinking of a scenario where like, yeah. um, you know, someone you know, whatever the new president's name. What is his president's name? Not Furukawa. Is it Furukawa? Shintaro Furukawa. Yeah. If yeah. he came down with a, a decree and said, "We are making a new Smash Bros. games. One of you must do it. Like it has to be done." Um, and it's like, okay, well, who does Furukawa pick? amongst internal nintendo i'd be like eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd if it like, was forced probably, to be that i was like probably splatoon it'd probably but, be you're, but yeah your reaction simmons like makes me think like the last part of this question i understand like the desire to keep it in house but they already aren't necessarily keeping it all in house i i do yeah. think 
what you would you would likely agree with, and you can expand upon this in just a second, is working with an outside team and letting someone else mm-hmm. outside of Nintendo take over creative control of Super Smash Brothers. And I think you might have yeah. some good good ideas about who can maybe handle that and what studio Nintendo could contract with to be like, you're just now in charge of Smash Brothers. I mean, the obvious one would be go back to HAL, um, but I don't know how many people at HAL are familiar with you know, working with Sakurai or working on Smash Brothers, you know, 64 and Melee. Um, that's kind of like the obvious go-to is like, go back to Hal. How would be the obvious choice? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, I don't know that that's even necessarily a guarantee, but I guess Hal's an idea. Um, oh. But yeah, what I, about like the like the uh, outside Nintendo like fighting like outside even like second party like like the uh, well, like third party studios? Of, well, a lot like, of people at Namco have been working on this game. Yeah, I was for, gonna like, say like Bandai Namco. <laughs> so I mean, the, here's here's where I kind of give pause to that though, is that we we've kind of seen we've seen Namco do do helping work with like say Mario Kart Eight Mario Kart Eight Arms New Pokemon Snap. They've they've been like a you know a little help support studio for that and that's pretty cool, um, by by all insider accounts like they they fumbled hard on Metroid Prime Four, um, but that was with a brand new studio in Shanghai that just didn't come together, or for whatever reason we'll never really know. Um, I, I mean my my gut would be just be like how many people from namco that worked on you know smash 4 and smash ultimate how many of them are there but like the one thing that's pretty great about okay there's an individual and his name is escaping me you're gonna probably have to to google this but if you could find the producer and or director of project cross zone like the the writer that you would need someone like that to be a consultant because one of the morizumi it might be. Um, He's the director. Producers Kensuke Sukanaka and Koji Ishitani. Mm-hmm. Might be Ishitani, I think. But anyways, my point is you want someone like that to be a consultant on the project because the thing that Sakurai brought to Smash Brothers is that he was meticulous in his detailed references and understanding of each individual classic franchise. Um, like there mm. wasn't, there wasn't like a character or franchise or something in Smash that Sakurai wasn't intimately familiar with. Because Sakurai loves video games, and he loves playing video games, and he he owns every system. He plays as many games as he possibly can. I think the only game that probably weirded him out was Banjo, <laughs> and he even said as much. Not in this, not in this column, but like the one before where he was like, he he flat out said like i was shocked at the amount of support that k Rool and banjo were getting um so i mean i'm sure he played through the banjo games obviously there's a lot of referential love in that banjo reveal trailer where like they do they'll recreate the whole ending with k Rool. um but yeah like he was meticulous in his detail oriented you know look in deep dives into all these characters their moves their stages everything so you would need someone and and i, I would think the people who worked on project cross zone who no longer work for nintendo or monolith um, you need someone like that who's like, oh my god, they... I can't tell you, Mike, the insanity of the deep cuts that are in Project oh, Cross Zone and Cross Zone, yeah, the references. is insane <laughs> like, in that. There, there I played is, the first one, I didn't play the second one. The first one the was like The second one is like, like nuttier. There, there's, there's one level where you go to Sword Valley, 
from Xenoblade Family. One. But then, like, Evil Ken shows up, and then Bison <laughs> shows up, and they repeat lines and music from the Street Fighter II, yes. the animated movie. Yes. So they recreate a scene from Street Fighter II, the animated movie. The biggest one to me, though, was, like, the level after that, you go to uh, the, the McConaughey's hand, <laughs> the beach area from Xenoblade 1, and then the, the one of the main chick... She makes she makes this reference. She says this really poetic saying, and I was like, I've heard this somewhere. She is quoting lyrics from a vocal song from Xeno Gears that was cut from the game. Didn't even make it into the game. Was was on was on a release album years later, and and they're doing that on a Xeno Blade. St- like they remember everything. Okay. Whoever was writing those games was the biggest turbo weeb. So I, this is I, why you I need agree like with that you. With Smash I, Bros. See, I agree with you, Simmons. Whatever. If they want to go this like this route, they need someone. Like like them like like a Sakurai who has this deep appreciation for the history of the franchises they're representing. I won't get into too much in the story like my own, but like with Final Fantasy fourteen, Sakaguchi just finished. Hironobu Sakaguchi just finished playing through all fourteen <laughs> in like days. less than a, like all the whole everything in less than a month. He did one expansion in two days, and like I think it was two <laughs> weeks or three weeks. And he was like, they referenced one of his obscure games in a side quest that like he, he caught, and he was like tweeting about. It. He's like, this is how much some like some developers love games I, mean, I, I imagine they all love games but some of them have this like deeper level of appreciation for gaming history and it shows in their development like they just want to celebrate yeah. games in any way possible and I think whatever direction Smash goes in that's one of the I think it's special sauces since like the Melee era I mean it was a little bit there in N64 but Melee onward you started to see that kind of like beaming with that reverence with all the obscure Nintendo references and mm-hmm. Melee 2 Brawl opening up the third party doors and seeing like the more complete history of video yeah. games being celebrated and that's where I think people have a hard time seeing anyone other than someone like Sakurai being involved. You said, like, it's so hard to find someone similar. It's Because it's never gr- always great to just pin the credits and accolades on just one person uh, and on a game. It's, it's a team effort. But yeah. obviously, there are a few games where there is a creative vision. And there is someone who is definitely keeping the project on a certain focus. I would say Smash is one of those. Kojima's games is another one. Like, anything Kojima touches, it's like... If he wasn't involved in it, it would not be the same game. No matter how talented every other development under it is, it would just not be as crazy and insane and be you yeah. could tell it's a Kojima game. Sakurai, like Smash Brothers, I think if they got someone else who wasn't like him, it would just be another fighting game at best. Even if it's got like even if they get like Arc System Works to like come and make like a 2D Nintendo fighter that was like a dream game. And it's amazing, but like it could still be great, but it also might not be Smash Brothers anymore, if, you, if yeah, that makes any it, sense. And to me that to me that is like because there are a lot of develop there are there are indie developers out there who have proven they can make really good mechanics, mechanical similar games to Smash Brothers. You know, you have that Nick All Stars, which mechanically is pretty good. Um, you have Brawlhalla and stuff like that. The mechanics to me are not something only Sakurai can do. But I think what, what probably doesn't get appreciated, you know, or or I think like you said, the secret sauce to me is a lot is the reverence like they don't they don't just like you know oh we're not we're not just gonna they're not just focused on the competitive scene or or this or that they're like they want to make sure like this thing is a complete 120 percent love letter to whatever franchise it's representing um in, in all aspects like even 
even for stuff that's only for the reveal trailer. Um, I'd have to go back in my mind, but like, there's there's a lot of little things in all of these little reveal trailers. Like an obvious one was like the Sora one. Like in the middle of the trailer is just like this this quick little battle between Sora and Sephiroth because that was a thing in the games, right? There's a there's a two second shot which in the Pyramithra reveal trailer where Krom is standing there and a little tiny Squirtle is wandering towards Pyra. If you haven't played Xenoblade and, and pay, paid attention, that is that is an obscure reference. You probably don't even remember, but it's like, uh, if you remember Zeke, the character has a little tiny pet I turtle called Zeke. Turters. I forgot that he had that. Yeah. He has this little tiny, like, size of the palm of your hand turtle called Turters, and it keeps escaping from him and ending up in the main party's, you know, oh. cast. Like, oh, look, cute little... Like, it's, it only happens, like, once or twice in the game. And, like, he put that in the reveal trailer because... <laughs> because knows. he's he knows he loves he, he loves yeah. this game he loves all this stuff um so, yeah to it, me it, that's it, like that's what you need you need someone who not only like you know knows how to make a you know a quality game but loves what he's working on and i want to like reference the 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 bejesus out of <laughs> you know whatever it is exactly uh, and and i think this is why you know, we get the, the the speculation about whether or not he's being involved. You know what what it means for the future because like what he brings to the table. Um, another part of this is also this comes from Levy, Level Capybara uh, about another part of his statement from the interview. Um, uh, Capybara wanted to point out it's interesting to hear Sakurai say that he'd have to seriously think about whether a future Smash Brother game would succeed. Given the widespread acclaim the series has already enjoyed, even more interestingly, Sakurai said he'd have to debate it with Nintendo, implying that he may be feeling more cautious about future installments than Nintendo would be. From our perspective, what do you think Sakurai is most worried about? Why might a future Smash game not succeed, and how likely is it that it wouldn't? The cynic in me is thinking, oh, he's talking about how much money will Nintendo have to, <laughs> you know, oh, how, much, how much trucks of money they're going to have to pull up down his driveway before he considers to. <laughs> Negotiating tactics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the cynical okay. side of me. But I, I think the other side is, is more the fact that, and Enuma's made weird statements like this before with Zelda, where we look at Smash Ultimate sales around, they're like at 25 million, I think, as of yesterday or today. Um and I think Sakurai's going to be like, if, if I make another Smash game, it'll never have the amount of characters that Ultimate did. I will never get those characters again. You know, like, to, to, to meme, you know, something like, I will never financially recover from this. But, I mean, obviously he will because the game sold 25 million copies. So, um, yeah, but... Smash, man. 25.71 uh, million, jeez. Right, so we're, we're at almost 26 million copies of this game sold. N- the next Smash Brothers game, it's gonna be, it's gonna be really hard for for another Smash Brothers game to get to that level, anyways, irregardless of what it is. But like, and more realistically, it's not gonna have all these characters that Ultimate did. Exactly. So it's just not gonna sell. You're, well, the point is, is it's probably just not gonna sell that well, that's, or that's, as well as Ultimate. That's true. I think it's a realistic. No matter what they do, I think it's realistic to expect it will not approach what ultimate on switch is doing the the only the only curveball i could throw at you i think this might be a, a stop gap um this actually i brought up before matt kaufman a patron also asked about it um because they say they know sakurai is very protective of smash but do you think for the future do you think that he'd be okay with a re-release of ultimate on the absolutely, next nintendo yeah. ha- hardware maybe with some revisions there oh i absolutely think that's what's going to happen i i think the the only sensible way forward right now is that they do a Smash Ultimate 
deluxe or whatever. Yeah. And that keeps them good for the next five plus years. Um, this is this is a can they can kick down the road um, because, you know, it's still like I, I was kind of surprised they didn't do this, but like they did not offer an all in one complete package of ultimate with all the DLC included in one not retail yet, yeah. package. Right? <laughs> so you, no matter what you whether you buy the game at retail or download the game, you still have to buy all this stuff extra. You still have to buy all the season one, all the season two and then like 50 me costumes you know, individually for 75 cents each. So, like, there's no all-in-one complete. So this is what Nintendo, I think, can do in a few years, however many years till the next console comes out. Here's Smash Ultimate Complete. Yeah. And it's everything that was in Smash Ultimate uh, DLC. All the Mii costumes, all the download characters, complete. Maybe, and do they add a couple other things? Maybe they add a couple stages in. Maybe you get Pokefloats finally. <laughs> I want, <laughs> want Pac-Maze back. I want the Pac-Man maze back. But like, as far as like other characters, I don't know. Maybe if say you do a Smash Ultimate complete, maybe you throw in a couple first party characters or, you know, in, unless some third party comes forth and is like, you can have this character. <laughs> you know, like we like we will not charge you for it. Just give us like a tiny bit of revenue or something. Like I don't know that, I, but I, I don't see that happening though. Third party wise, like because even getting a port of Ultimate is going to be difficult because there's how many people in that copyright screen <laughs> now? And yeah, it ends, and it ends with Disney. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's not even a guarantee. I mean, it's, as you said, this feels like the safest course of action for the the, the short-term future. Um, But even that, like, there's no guarantees, even if they wanted to do a complete edition, would it even really be complete if they had to, like, well, there's one or two characters who they won't allow or or something. You know what, I think Sakurai wouldn't be okay with re-releasing Smash Ultimate if it didn't have everything. Exactly. So that might be the, yeah, that, that might throw a wrench in the works where they're like, hey, we can't to, do it. Yeah, according to Sakurai, Smash Ultimate itself almost didn't happen. He said there was one character in particular that was like a really trouble, like almost didn't make the cut. And I'm like, it's Cloud. <laughs> like, I was like saying that when that, that was like in the E3 2018, I believe when that interview came out and he was like, it almost didn't happen. Like one character, very, very challenging, particularly I'm like, it's Cloud. Oh, you mean 100%. for the base roster for, o- yeah, for, for the Smash base, Ultimate? For the that, base yeah, roster. It was I'm like, it's Cloud. cloud. It's, obvious, <laughs> it's obviously Cloud. Like, Probably Square Next. Let's like, not even kid ourselves here. It was Cloud. Um, but like, and he was able to get around it, though, you know, by, you know, he had Sephiroth added later on and, and uh, you know, uh, Hero and, and Sora, sort of. Um, so I don't think Sakurai would be okay with releasing Smash Ultimate in the future, calling it Smash Ultimate. And like, oh, we, we lost Sora, we lost Cloud and Sephiroth. I don't think he'd be okay with that. I don't I don't think Nintendo may may not even be okay with that necessarily. So um it's yeah, still the, gonna be an it's still gonna be a nightmare. Like they have to go back to each individual company and go like we wanna just re release the game, you're all gonna get a cut. Um is this okay? SNK is going to be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> sure, take what you need. <laughs> SNK will be like, oh, totally fine. Do whatever, man. Like, you want like, you, you want 50 more songs? We got 50 more songs. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's just it's like, it's, it's a nightmare involved with that. So even like at a port. But, you know, maybe there was like uh, the thing that makes me a little bit optimistic is maybe the, the time frame for some of these licenses. 
if they kiss, you know about this very well with like some mm-hmm. of the like Capcom licensing things from the past that if they have a cutoff date where you can't update this anymore. So it's like if they get out that that exists. Let's, that let's totally say like does, let's say it was so. like a five year deal and it came out in 2018. So if they get out a new definitive like a complete edition in 2023, like let's say a new Switch hardware comes out in 2023 and it comes out before December 2023, so it beats that five year thing. But it also it could be five years from the addition yeah. of characters. So they might even have more I time than that, and really, they they get it in really. under that deadline. I really, really hope when they made these this game and, and worked out all this stuff with all these people, I really hope they were thinking about that. I, I um, do, yeah, same. I that do has too. been on my mind the entire time this game has existed. It was was always I really hope they figured out, you know, their their licensing timetable on this, and I really hope they had a extension clause um, because there there have been fighting games that don't have that. And, and they get delisted and disappear and they don't exist anymore. Yep. So like the fact that, you know, it's still going strong. Like it's, I think you can even still buy smash four, uh, on the Wii U. That's what I was going to ask. Is, is cloud still available to buy his DLC so. on Wii? So. If that is, it's, that makes me very optimistic about, I, I also <laughs> can't imagine Nintendo sat there and went like, uh, this character will be available for one year from launch or two years from launch. And then exactly. You them. I can't imagine Nintendo being like, yeah, that's a good deal. Like, <laughs> Um, so part of me is just kind of like there's probably some it's either very long term or in perpetuity or something. Um, so I I just I can't imagine I can't imagine like Nintendo didn't at least try to get that stuff. The only th- the only one that would be to me that would be questionable is Sora. Sora could one day just disappear from the shop, but I don't know. Um, the, the weird thing about it, I don't know if you read about how the whole Sora thing came together. Yeah, I, I Disney did. approached Sakurai. Yeah. Um and and apparently someone had done the research and done the digging. There was a there was a guy from from America who was sent to Disney Japan, Japan to handle yeah. the, all their gaming and mobile stuff in Asia territories. And apparently he was the problem with Sora on Smash 4. And he quit and then right after he quit, like a month later, they from Disney were like, reached they saw out. Sakurai out and like, they reached out to him like, hey, like, let's do this. And, <laughs> and he was this, like confused, like, wait, did yeah. you say no? <laughs> yeah. Like, so in, in to, to me, I'm like, okay, this is all hearsay or, or putting stuff together, but this yeah. is 100% like, not 100% like it. This is, this stuff 100% does happen where you might have great idea and involves other companies so you meet the other company you work things out you and you get stuff going and everything looks gravy and then one guy who's one guy who's just high enough goes i don't like this idea and then the whole thing is dead killed yep so probably what um, happened with the golden eye remastered <laughs> yeah thing. It's like, um, someone up the food chain was like nope. someone up the food chain was like nope i don't like nope sir no sir i don't like it and then like the whole thing's dead because of it uh yeah. to me the craziest story about this is just to briefly go uh, tom kalinsky we used to be the head of sega of america um, he he found out really early on behind the scenes about Yamauchi stabbing Sony in the back on the oh. Nintendo CD. So he immediately got in contact with Sega of Japan and was like, you hate Nintendo, obviously, now. We hate Nintendo. Let's make a deal. And, Sega, and Sony was like, okay. And they had a deal, a meeting set up to, to make the, the PlayStation a Sega console. And then Sega of... Um, no, I'm sorry. Sega of Japan 
uh, he, he contacted Sony. I missed. Yeah, you contacted. Contact, I, I got Sony. Yeah, you, yeah and Sega Sony was US, like, okay. Yeah. So Sega USA contacted Sony Corporation. Sony, Sony Corporation was like, cool. That sounds like a good idea. Let's set up a meeting. Sega of America had the meeting set up, and then Sega of Japan went, "Why would we make a deal with Sony? They've never made a game console. They have nothing to offer us." And killed the whole project. And <laughs> there is an alternate timeline out there where we where it was the Sega PlayStation uh, versus the Nintendo sixty four. That would have been amazing. Like, can you imagine what a different world the video game industry would be like? It if was, Sega it, I mean, and Sony it was such a monumental up. success, but like. Sega faltering with Saturn and Dreamcast, like, imagine how dominant Sega would have been. I mean, eventually yeah. Sega would have been, one of the two would have bought the other. Like, they would have been, like, in, I imagine yeah. that reality, they would have been merged into one. The dominance, <laughs> like, that would have been, like, that could, the GameCube era could have been the end for Nintendo. Like, they would have oh, been, like, the N64 been, would have been in so much trouble. N64 would have been, like, worse off, and then GameCube <laughs> would have been, like, DOA almost. It's like... Yeah. Yeah, especially after they sold Rare. I'm like, man, if, 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 the timeline there yeah, Nintendo is might not so have sold Rare at that point. Then they're like, we need them. <laughs> yeah, they may not have. Man, it would have been such a different world. But, like, yeah, one guy or, or I don't know how many people would take it to Japan at the time. But it's like, you know, Tom Glenn called it the stupidest business decision in the history of bad decisions. Jeez. I was like, yeah, dude, yeah. <laughs> like, I, so, yeah, like, Sora getting in is weird to me because I'm like, wow, Disney reached out to them. So... I mean, really cool I, I think it's is. I think it's a byproduct of it's not the only Nintendo like was how big Smash is just crossover events in general be, in the last few years, how big they have become in media in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, as big as Smash is, it's one of the biggest Fortnite blows it away with its crossovers and like yeah, I was gonna, people I was look at that. that up. Yeah, people look at that. They're like, this is huge. The amount of publicity, it's like it's like a badge of honor. You want to be like uh, what Sega did to try and fight Nintendo mm-hmm. to be the cool kid on the block. We got to out cool Nintendo, and it worked for a while. It's like you just get like you like in the age of social media and like immediate gratification. You got to be the it thing, and that's how you do it. And I don't think that was ever mm-hmm. Nintendo's intention with the Smash crossover. It was always meant to be like a reverence and celebration of history and making a good game. Where in like Fortnite's like we absolutely know what like Epic like we know what we're doing. Like we are being trendy here. Yeah, and we well, know what people here's want. Here's the thing: I, I can tell you internally from stuff I've heard, uh, companies in Japan, in particular, have paid a lot of attention to what Fortnite's done for for branding and and crossovers and stuff like that. Um, it's definitely opened some eyes. And to me, the, the fascinating thing is that, like, yeah, Nintendo actually had this going with Smash Brothers. They had their cross crossover king uh, with Smash, and they're willingly choosing to end it after three years. Now, three years is actually a pretty long-term support from ni- any Nintendo game, really. Like, Nintendo almost has almost never supported a game this long after launch. But at the same time... There is still a part of me that's kind of like, man, from a business standpoint, I don't know why you'd stop. Um, obviously, obviously, Sakurai probably wants a vacation or something, um, which is fine. Yeah. Um, like, but I, from a business standpoint, I would have been just like, why would why would we stop making characters for Smash? This this is such a great thing. It lets us headline and carry you know directs and mini directs like you know all year long. Like this is great. Like why would we stop? And this? I, you know what Simmons? I still don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I said, you think what I think what the, the very least is going to happen? There's going to be some downtime. There's going to be some relax. Like they're, they're going to need to take a break. They're going to need to step away from Smash. I think there's going to be a 
big smash meeting at some point internally in the future where they sit down and go, all right, what is the future of Smash? And I think that possibility is going to be brought up. Like, this could just be this, everyone. We could just build upon Ultimate, bring back Ultimate again, and just keep building upon it if we want to do this. Do you really want to go back to the drawing board, try and reboot? I mean, everyone's going to call it a reboot at this point. No matter what they do, they're going to call it a reboot of Smash because like, be, Ultimate was the end. Like That's the, the pinnacle of Smash Brothers. Yeah. They're going to have to go to a smaller roster, and it's inevitably going to be called like inferior or, or viewed as lesser. So it's like, yep. do you really want to fight that uphill battle when you, sitting in front of you is such a better... I understand you're, you guys are tired. Take the break. Take a year or two off. You do not need to do anything with the series for at least two years. Minimum <laughs> two years. You don't have to touch anything. You could come back in February 2023. And just be like, season three, smash. And everyone's going to be excited. For the new, whatever the successor to Switch is, be like launching, also launching on there. Smash Ultimate will be available day one. And guess what? A season three pass is starting the launch day or whatever. We're going to have your yeah. first new fighter added to season. Like, there, it's like, I no one, and everyone would love that. I Everyone loved it. It would sell butt loads. It's like, I, I, I just don't see how it's not the best option. Unless, I mean, yeah. Nintendo, they're Nintendo and Sakurai. Maybe they have, they have something in the back of their minds that is a better thing. But from everything I've seen right now, I'm, I'm kind of with you, Simmons. Like, I feel like it's crazy at some point not to just pick up where they left off with this and just yeah, continue and, from there. And it's weird that they didn't do it with Mario Kart either, but, like, they are and doing it with Mario Kart Tour. Well, I mean, so they have something with Mario Kart Tour, right, which has a subscription service. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's weird how it just continuously gets updated. New tracks. You know, new costumes, new costumes, new costumes. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, it's sitting over here, 38 million copies sold. Have we done anything with it? Nope. Nope. <laughs> I mean, I, I would not, yeah, I, I think I think it's a possibility. I think it's a, especially for Smash Bros. It's a realistic thing. I mean, Mario Kart's a whole other can of worms. It's and just I, weird to me how the entire game industry is obsessed with live services uh, titles and gas games and all that jazz. Um, and, and Nintendo probably has the biggest leg up on so much of the competition with Smash Brothers as being a live service title. We just, just keep adding characters. Who cares? We don't, we don't care. Uh, obviously from, from a, from a more gamer oriented perspective, I would, I would love it if they would go back in and fix the net code, but yeah, know, I would love that that's too. That's not going to happen I probably, mean, but never say never, <laughs> I, I, but I mean, I, I would love that to be a big priority, but like, yeah, I don't, to me, I'm also like, why would you, I don't, Business wise, business wise, I'm just like I don't know why you're stopping this. You have, you have exactly, especially the only with, thing that really competes with Fortnite at all. Like as and far as like top three, know. top three selling game on Switch, and also as you said, uh, um, as you pointed out in the past, I mean Furukawa is definitely a more business minded uh, president of Nintendo, which worries me. But I mean, but this decision, that decision makes the most sense. Like, why would I fund development of a brand new Smash game when? My analysts are telling me if we just put this out again and keep updating it, it's going to continue to sell amazing amounts, like more than a new Smash game would. Like, this makes more business sense to me. I feel like he might be a bigger champion of that as well and might, like, you know, the, the, the not necessarily pressure Sakurai, but like a sense of voice of reason being like, right. Sakurai, do you really want to kill yourself with a new game? I know you're very passionate, but like, there's so much more to be done with this game if you want to. But I'll, I'll, honestly, mm. at the end of the day, I'm gonna, I will leave it up. Like, whatever Sakurai decides, like, I will give it a chance because I feel like he probably is the person in the room who knows the best yeah. the route forward for Smash Brothers. Well, well, let's also look at it this way. If Smash ended here, this is a good place to end Smash. Yeah. 
if they never made another one, I'm happy. Like, sure, there are a few characters that didn't get in, but it's like, you know what? We could have gotten none of this and just got another, like, low like low roster count Smash game. This is, like, mm-hmm. fantastic. And, like, yeah. I could I can see this lasting for as it is will be good for another 10 years. I don't care what, what visuals get to in 10 years. People will still be playing Smash Bros. Ultimate if there's no other Smash Brothers. Like, it will still be played. Just like people still play Melee. It's like, it's gonna, like, Ultimate is the only game that, like, Came, like came up to melee on on every level and like it's still is respected you know it is not melee but it, like it's still respected ultimate for what it is and and just in the broader sense it's just like a phenomenon it, it's gonna be around for a very long time even if nintendo drops it and says like we're yeah. done with smash brothers we're moving on like this this was which it. which would be a weirdly nintendo thing to do but at the same time um nintendo's weird but nintendo does cater to if something does sell smash numbers they do cater to it you know it's like um like oh weird that nintendo stopped doing this or doing that but it's like like okay like i'm basically talking about the f-zero thing where they're like oh well f-zero just needs a great new idea and it's like did mario kart 8 deluxe have a great new idea no they they made mario kart 8 because mario kart 7 and mario kart Wii in particular sold so well if a game sells in the tens of millions of copies it don't matter what your idea is nintendo will make another one of exactly it. Um, and i mean honestly so, just like, just stick more of zero into mario kart like mario kart <laughs> mario, mario kart ultimate you just start porting of zero stuff and like that's the direct i mean we don't need to get into it but like that's mario the thing should, you re- mario you re- kart should you, take the smash brothers route honestly. yeah you already found the answer i think you just got to build upon it and we'll see i mean i i expect within the next two years we'll hear something about the future of mario kart as well i don't know i mean smash brothers maybe probably not very unlikely we'll hear about the future of smash i, in the next I, I, year I think or two, smash is gonna maybe. be two to three years asleep and mm-hmm. then we'll i think it really depends on when their successor console is announced yeah i think after the successor console comes out we're gonna get an ultimate port and I don't think I don't think we're actually I don't think they're even going to attempt to tackle a new ground up smash for like ten years. Personally, that, yeah, that's my personal bet. Is they're not even going to try time. to do this. Yeah, they're they're, they're going to make a port, and depending on in, in that port, like you said, could either be like an evergreen or a light, like you know, an ever eternally updated title, which would be the smart thing to do, or or it could just just be uh, an enhanced version of Ultimate. Either way, I think that's the future of Smash for now. And I don't think a ground-up remake of Smash is coming this gen, obviously. I don't think it's coming next gen. I think it's going to be two generations away. Minimum two generations away, yeah. Before sure. Nintendo even thinks about doing a ground-up, brand-new Smash Brothers game with or without Sakurai. Do I think... Now, do I think they, they would do it without Sakurai? Yeah, I actually do. Um, I think they would. I think, I think they will attempt it without him because, as you said, the. I mean, it was well. No, it's just too big. It's too, it's big, too big to, to not try. If, 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 if their minds made up that they want a future for Smash. It's happening with him, with or without him. There's no think, series th- at Nintendo that will be held back by one person. Yeah, I think they'll <laughs> outreach they, they to him. I, I don't think. I don't. Oh think yeah, they'll make every effort. Him. Yeah. Yeah, they'll make an effort to try to court him back. But if Sakurai says no, I don't think Nintendo's going to be like, well, that's it. We're not doing the project. Like, it's uh, it's too enticing, I think, financially for for Nintendo to just completely walk away exactly. from. Like, like they can and do 
do with F-Zero and Kid Icarus and Star Fox. Those titles, they're great games, but they never sold Smash numbers. So it's easy for Nintendo to walk away from them and just be like, there's not enough interest. The creators don't have interest. We don't have interest. You can't do that with Smash. You don't sell you don't sell 25 and counting million copies of a game and then just go, yeah, like, you know, if the, if the director doesn't want to do another one, we don't want to do No, no, like, that just doesn't happen. Like, yeah. they're... As as the sun will rise and set, as you know, as there will always be a new Mario Kart to be made, a new Mario to be made, and a new Zelda to be made, there will be a new Smash Brothers to be made with or without Sakurai. Maybe Sakurai is just a producer or a consultant on the next one. Um, true. Yeah, true. Maybe he's in a different role, which, in a different capacity. Which happened to a lot of the other. Which is funny because like I almost don't see Sakurai doing that. Sakurai is almost like too hands on, too micromanagey. From what it seems like, which can be a good a good thing and a bad thing, but like, like Miyamoto and Koizumi and Anuma and like they've always they they've stepped away and Tezuka like they stepped away from like the the actual directing duties. Like Anuma tried multiple times to not be a director and ended up becoming a director when he didn't want to on I think on both Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. So, um, it, it's it's a it's a bizarre. Thing to me, and I see this with other companies too, like Capcom and Sega, where you had these great directors, and then they moved in produ- to producers' roles, and they were like, they they oversaw production, they consulted, but they didn't direct. And um, like personally, I, I feel that that really sucks for me personally, because I'm like, um, I really miss Tezuka's um, directorial prowess on Zelda, um, the direction, the pacing, everything on on. Tezuka Zelda's like like Link to the Past, Link's Awakening. Um, to me, that's like gosh, like man, that man was like that man just knew how to perfectly pace a game, <laughs> like Mario yeah. Three, Mario World, knew, like Need I Say More, stuff like that. So it it actually bums me out when when a lot of these like really good directors step away from directing and become more of a producer, because um, you do lose you do lose a bit of that that yeah that's true that I craftsman's mean... touch. We'll, we'll see what the future holds for that. I mean, there have been ten times when it has not worked out, but maybe it will. We'll, we'll see what happens with Smash Brothers going forward. But for now, last DLC is out. People are enjoying the game. If you haven't, you know, it's it's there. Go 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 enjoy it. I mean, it's uh, it's definitely earned. Sakurai and his team have definitely earned the much-needed <laughs> respite and rest and uh, to, yeah. to take a break uh, for from, uh, from working on that game for as long as they've been working on it. But, yeah, yeah. That is uh That's pretty much it for the for the news this week I have for the episode. So, want to thank you for joining me again, Simmons, and uh, yeah, no problem. Uh, and diving into some, like Smash discussion and stuff like that. Always, always a fun time. Um, also, thank you to everyone who submitted questions for this episode of uh, Friend Code. Um, if you're a five dollar and up patron, you can submit questions for consideration for the episode of Friend Code. Uh, I'll make that post a week where you're recording, um, so look out for that post. Uh, also, apologize to everyone for this episode coming out late. Um, if you did not catch my Patreon post, uh, I was dealing with a personal situation with my with one of my cats, Cloud, who was under hospitalization. So unfortunately, I was not able to do any kind of works related stuff until that was resolved which was earlier this week so that's why the episode's coming to you a little bit late even for public for the public youtube version so thank you for your patience and understanding we also have some shout outs for the month of november 2021 these are our 
big patron supporters, so thank you so much. Shout out to Elthanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb Togi Crawford, and Nick. Shout out. Thank you again so much. And uh, yeah, as usual, Simmons, can you let our uh, viewers and listeners know where they could check you out if they want to see more of your work or uh, follow any of your stuff? Uh, well, we I uh, archive a lot of live streams I do with, with Maximilian on YouTube.com slash Yo Video Games. There is a Yo Video Games podcast uh, as well, which you can also see. Sometimes we do videos on YouTube.com slash Yo Video Games. Any, we try to host as many free podcasting places as possible. Um, there is a patron for the podcast, obviously Yo Video Games podcast um, at Patreon.com. But yeah, any anywhere iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, you can listen to the podcast there. And yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Doom Assist Me. And if you want to see me live, twitch.tv slash assist me doom. Yeah, I recommend the Monolith Soft Mondays that Simmons does. If you're gonna Yeah, I'm a I'm a big Monolith Soft fan. Yeah. Um so yeah, every Monday I play a game that Monolith Soft either developed in, in total or had a support studio role in. So and that actually includes a lot of things you might not think about. Like they have they they have a support studio uh, in Kyoto next to Nintendo, and they do a lot of like asset work on like Link Between Worlds and Splatoon and Pikmin. So, um, but like yeah, I try to I try to keep it to like their main games that they've done over the years. But yeah, like if you ever want to just talk Monolith Soft um, and and a bunch of bunch of weird Xenoblade stuff, <laughs> come come to Twitch TV assist uh, assist me Doom on Mondays. Nice, and uh, you you can you can talk Monolith Soft with me. Yeah, be sure to check that out, everyone. And also, if you like the Easy Allies uh, Mario Party from this past week, go check out the VOD for the Yo! Video Games crew's uh, Mario Party as well, because I think it was like equally as entertaining. Unless, unless someone's like, you shake your head, maybe you don't want to recommend it. I, I won both games. Spoilers, <laughs> but... Yeah, but you should watch the fashion and when it went down. It was highly, highly entertaining, so those group settings are good. But again, thank you so much, Simmons, for, for, for joining me. And until next time, everybody, may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce.